ever given, redemption of mankind. God, thank you for the home that you're preparing for us, God, that you've given us right here on earth. So, Father, we just pray right now that we would celebrate you well today and all that you have done for us. You're a good, good Father. And so today we honor you with all that we are. May you be glorified in all that's said and all that's done. And we'll give you all the glory. We just ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome to Freedom Center Church, where we are a church to reach the lost at any cost that doesn't cost us our beliefs. You guys can go ahead and be seated. 
You guys ready for a great Sunday, I hope? Yeah? All right. If you guys have seats next to you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand real quick because we are filling up and the ushers are needing to know where we have some seats. If you could actually maybe even hold your hands up how many you have next to you, that would be awesome to help them as well. So, ushers, you're seeing all of this. Pastor Carl's getting some seats. So, all right. Thank you guys so much. Super excited about what God's doing today. So, we welcome you guys. We welcome all of our guests. If you are a guest with us today, we invite you to pull out the red card from the seat pocket in front of you. If you could fill that out and place it in the offering as it passes you today, we would love to connect with you guys soon. Um, we also invite you to the guest room, which is back in that corner, immediately following services today. We will be back there and would love to spend a few minutes with you, hearing your story and what God's doing with you. Also, we have so many people home from college or just home, so it is so good to see all of you guys. Welcome home. Um, we actually have a special family in the church this morning, Pastor Ben and Rachel Scott over here. Um, if you guys don't know, they were our music pastors. For, can you just wave out for us, guys? Um, they were our music pastors for several years, and we just love them and their family. So welcome, guys. Um, also, welcome to live stream. If you're watching on live stream this morning, I encourage you guys right now to pull out your phones and share live stream what God's doing here at Freedom Center Church because we want our friends and families that don't know him yet to come to know him, right? This is one of the tools that we use to reach the lost. So pull it out, share it, and let's see what God wants to do with it. So we are ready to receive this morning's offering if ushers would like to come forward. Just wanted to share with you guys, last week at the Christmas outreach, we had 110 families come which is pretty awesome, right? And just to think about the smiles on those kids' faces as they got to sit on Santa's lap, as they got to be loved on by you guys. Eco were the elves this year, and they just loved on all the little kids in such incredible ways. And all of that happens because of the generosity of each and every one of you sitting in this room. And we're just so thankful for it. We had a little problem with um, our Little Caesars gift cards. They forgot to activate them because we gave everybody Little Caesars gift cards. So people were going to use them, and they weren't working. So I had to send um, Chris, my assistant, down, and Brett, and they were working with them. And while Brett was on the inside, Chris went outside, and he said, what broke my heart, Dina, was there was a mom that went in to use the gift card, and they're like, we can't use it right now. It's going to take a few minutes. And he said she went back out and sat in her car, he said she started it up and just sat there revving it the whole time because she knew that if she took her foot off the gas, it was going to die. And he's like, that just spoke so much to me about normal for some of us is having pizza all the time, right? And he said for that family, it's not normal that they got to go to pizza and grab a pizza to take home and make cookies with their families because we also sent them home with cookie kits. So you guys have no idea the impact that you make whenever you sow seeds into this. You let normal be, not just coming here and be loved on for Christmas, but you let normal be for a single mom to have pizza with her family at home and just be loved on, which is pretty cool. So thank you, Freedom Center Church, for your generosity. Thank you for partnership, and thank you for seeing just Jesus and being his hands and his feet. Amen. So however you give this morning, church, pull that out because we're going to pray and ask God to bless it and to multiply it. 
that all of us in this room would be able to be generous on every occasion as his word tells us to be. So, God, we thank you right now. God, we thank you for every family that came to the outreach last week, Father. We thank you for the love that was sown, God. We thank you for just every person in this room who sowed seed into that, Father God. Father, I just pray for super, just abundant blessings, Father, on your sons and your daughters that sat in this room. We thank you for the seed that we have to sow. Father, we just pray for those who don't right now, that you would give them just seed, Father. Their hearts are just so. So, Father, we just pray that you would meet them right where they are. And, Father, we just pray for this offering, that it would just bless this community, that it would bless this world as we just use it as you would lead us. And we'll give it all to you, and we just thank you for all of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, let's go in a couple of quick announcements. Be sure to check out your bulletin this week for what is happening here at Freedom Center Church. Some pretty cool stuff is. Tomorrow night, we actually have Collective, which is our young adult ministry, but we are doing a worship night, and everybody is invited to come on out here tomorrow night and be a part of that and just come and worship. So what was just happening up here is going to continue for like an hour, hour and a half tomorrow night. Also, that last song, did you guys realize that's a Freedom Center original? Like, our creative team wrote that, and I am just so excited about that. Many more songs like that to come in the future as well. Um, also, um, no Thursday night services for this Thursday night or for January 2nd. So if you are a Thursday night attender, just know that we will not be having those. Lastly, I have is... Um, Christmas Eve service. We are not having a service here at the church, but we will be having one on live stream, 5 p.m., and we invite you guys to be a part. The reason we're doing this, people have asked, why are we doing that? And it's because it is time that you will be with your families. 5 p.m., we invite you guys to hop on live stream and watch it with us. But who is a better voice to bring the gospel to your family than you? And we want to set you guys up with the tools that you need. So Pastor Jim's going to speak the word, but follow it up with you guys talking to your family and friends and what God's doing. That's where life change happens, right? That's where the one-on-one, -on -one, ask the questions gets to happen. That's why we're asking you guys to tune in with us at 5 o'clock on um, Christmas Eve. And we're going to have service that way. The staff are going to be on. We're going to be moderating, talking with all of you guys. Because we do want to share it with you. But we want you guys to have that opportunity to bring the gospel to your family as well. Um, along with that, we will also be receiving communion that night. And we are sending you guys home today with a communion kit. That's going to give you guys everything that you need to serve communion to your family that night. Which I think is pretty cool. You can open it up. I don't know. I told Chris I didn't want one filled, but... Um, there's going to be some stuffing. We're going to do communion on based on how many you guys tell us you have. There's also a little card in it that has the QR code for you to just be able to um, be a part of. Thank you so much. Isn't it so weird to see him without glasses? I'll forget he can see now, and I'll just be, like, not even paying attention. And then I'm like, oh, wait, you can see now, right? He's like, yeah, I can see. So, um, But anyway, the creative team prepared all of these for you guys because again the mission of freedom center church is to reach the lost at any cost that doesn't cost us our beliefs and part of that is you guys learning how to evangelize to your family and stuff 
That's also part of it is going on mission trips and being a part of life change that way. We have a team that just returned from Rome, and the salvations that they had, the healings that they had were just incredible. And we are getting ready to watch our Kingdom Builders video, but real quick, wanted to give you guys an update. We are $16,342 short of reaching our goal, guys, of $345,000. That's pretty cool. If I could do math in reverse, I think it's like 340. How much is that? I don't know. Uh, we may even be more than that. I know we're $16,342 short. There you go. So that is so incredible. So we just, again, ask you guys to pray about if it, you have a part in helping us to reach this because all of this is just our above and beyond, helping to help marriages, helping youth, feeding the hungry, clothing naked, helping with the adoption foster cares. It's all a part of reaching the lost. And we just invite you guys again to partner with us. And I just want to share this video with you guys because life change happens when we step out of ourselves and let God use us in the way that he has asked or wants to use us. Amen? So enjoy this video. Merry Christmas. Hi, my name is Angela Messina. I've been coming to Freedom Center Church since 2017. Pastor Carl approached me over the summer um, about Rome, and I had never been on a missions trip before. I've always had a heart for missions and never have had the resources or opportunity um, to go on a missions trip. I prayed about it, and God really revealed to me and put on my heart that that was something that he wanted me to do. And I knew that no matter what, um, rather not being on, had gone on a missions trip or having any knowledge about missions, um, I knew that God wanted me there. So I knew that there was a purpose. Watching these men and women come together, and these people are from all over the world. I met people from... Uganda, I met people from Ethiopia, I met people from London, and uh, even some people from the United States. And being able to hear their stories and hear their hearts for Jesus, it's a way of life for them. It's not at all just something that they do on those three nights or those three days that they came. That's how they live their life and that's who they live for. And it was very humbling and experiencing the experience in it all was the way that they worship was something that I had never seen before in my life. They were praying and worshiping like they were sitting at the foot of God. And if that was something that everybody did, I mean, we worry about who's standing around us or what people think of us, but to have that experience and to see these people, it was so intimate to be in the room with them because you feel like you're kind of invading on their personal space with God and with Jesus because it's just so intimate and it's so powerful. Going to Rome really spiritually like enhanced me and it, not only that, but it furthered my faith because of the things that I saw, because of the things that I felt, and the things that I encountered there. So I went to Rome expecting to give a blessing, and I came back just receiving such an amazing blessing, uh, taking on the role um, and having the opportunity to take on the roles of a small group, running a small group, and um, joining Encounter Leadership, and just having those things would have just never been possible without Rome. And the guidance and the 
spiritual just abundance of faith that I got while I was there. Um, I was so poured into while I was there that coming back uh, felt right taking those positions and and it was God's will for those things to happen for me and I would have never experienced any of this uh, had it not been for all of the giftings that I received in Rome and the blessings that I got from that that missions trip. So thank you Freedom Center Church and Kingdom Builders for your generosity and believing in missions. Um, I am so excited to see what um, missions and Kingdom Builders combined is going to, to bring in 2020 and I can't wait to be a part of it. Love it. Wonderful, wonderful. <clears throat> Morning Freedom Center Church. If you have never been on a missions trip, this is, my, this is my New Year's resolution for you. It is a life-changing blessing. It is a, a, a different view of the world. That, that church that we were at for a week or so has 78 different distinct nations that attend that church. I, I was speaking in English, and there's people whispering into microphones and people with hearing aids in around where they're, they're talking a different language because they don't understand English. They speak Italian and Sri Lankan or Italian and, uh, you know, some Eastern European dialect. Or it's, it's just nuts. And the neatest thing about it was it's, it's kind of a small taste of heaven. When you're there, you get a little taste of what it's going to be like when, when everybody uh, in one language, which is just their own, expresses their love for God. They worship, like she said, like, like no other place on earth I've ever been. It's amazing. We're going to be going to all sorts of different places in 2020. Um, consider this your invitation to come and change the world and be changed by what God's doing in the rest of the world. Somebody say amen. Do you feel it? Anybody else want to go? You want to go? You want to? If, those, if, the, if the picture of them worshiping didn't encourage you to go, let the pictures of the food we ate that day encourage you to go be a part of World Missions. It's awesome. We love missions. So let me tell you a story. Um, today, we'll start with just a, a quick story, and uh, this is a story I like to call a story that never happened, and the reason it never happened, you'll, you'll understand here in just a moment. There were two little kids, and I don't know if you remember third grade. Um, some of you do because you were there for four years, but the third grade, it's funny, it's still kind of a magical time. You're about 10. You're not a child child, but you're not, you're not a, a kind of a disaffected teenager quite yet either, and as you're in that stage of kind of being a double-digit, you know, uh, kid, uh, you come back from Christmas break, and everybody brings with them that first day of school the best thing that they got that they can bring to school with them. And, and as the story goes, there's two kids, Billy and Johnny, and they're the only two kids that don't bring their favorite Christmas gift with them to school. Everybody's playing with their cars and their dolls and the furniture with the house and the piano and the Barbie and the, you know, and, and Bobby and whatever I just said their names were. Kid one and kid two, it's easy to remember, walks up and, you know, what'd you get? And he goes, man, I got the greatest gift I've ever gotten in my life. We went to my grandparents' house out on the farm. And the day came for Christmas. We opened up, and the last present was, was a, a Crossman 760 air-powered pump rifle. And I've been shooting squirrels and rabbits and the neighbor's cat and Ohio State fans. I had the best inciting violence. That's just bad. I, I had the best Christmas ever. Now, I, I wasn't allowed to bring it to school because something about felony. So, uh, but I, I can't wait to go to Grandma's house and Grandpa's house so I can use my, my Christmas gift. He goes, the other kid goes, you know, I got the greatest gift I've ever gotten too. He goes, what is it? He goes, well, the day after Thanksgiving, my mom's a Christmas nut 
and all the Christmas carols come on, all the Christmas cookies, all the Christmas smells, all the Christmas breads, all the Charlie Brown Christmas and the year without a Santa Claus. It's all on. It's a wonderful life. Plays around the clock at my house. And we set up the tree the Friday after Thanksgiving, and my mom brought out a box as big as I am. It, it, was, it was massive. It was shiny. It was taped. It was secure. There's a bow. And right across it, named plastered, is my name. And she tortured me with that box from the day after Thanksgiving until Christmas morning. I said, but Christmas morning came, and I couldn't wait. I dreamed about it in my sleep. I thought about it when I was awake. I, and I grabbed on that paper wondering what would be inside it. I tore it open, and I took the lid off, and it was just, it was just so wonderful. Now, how many of you guys want to know what's in the box? So the, this friend says, so that's, that's great. I, I got a BB gun. What did you get? He goes, oh, I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't really had the chance to look inside of it yet said no child ever. And the reason I tell you that story is because I, I think sometimes as we look at the Christmas story and we look at Jesus, we see um, a beautiful container in the Son of God. We see the manger. We see wise men. We see gifts. We see gold, frankincense, myrrh. We may even go a little bit into Easter where we see a Savior hanging on a cross for the sins of mankind. Where we see death, hell, and the grave defeated once and for all by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we, we may go a little farther into the day of Pentecost and understand that God doesn't want to just live around us. He wants to live inside of us and empower us. And, but I, I, think, I, I think that the average believer, if you will, the average Christmas celebrator, the average person walking through Walmart with their list is probably looking mostly at the box and not really what's inside of it. Does this make sense? You have to understand something. Jesus didn't just come to save us from something. Jesus came to save us for something. We've been kind of pounding into this now, all fall, into the winter. And, and I want to take a look today at what's in the gift of Jesus for you. And at the end of the service today, we're going to celebrate communion. And I want you to know something. Last Thursday when we did this, I had a testimony this morning, a wonderful godly woman walked up and said, remember that, that weird growth that I had on my foot? She had me look at her foot a few weeks ago. Is that something I should be concerned with? Should I go to the doctor for that? Should I? I'm like, well, feet and and growths, it's nasty. You know what I mean? You might want to go to a podiatrist, which is, you know, a, a terrible profession, but if you want to, you should. And, but I wouldn't be concerned about it. It doesn't feel like this, it's whatever. She walked to me this morning and said, hey, God took away the growth uh, last Thursday night when we had communion. God healed it. Part of what we're going to talk about today is what is in the cup of communion? What is in the gift of Jesus? And by the time we're done, can I, can I suggest that our faith go higher than to marvel at the beauty of the box and to look and see what's really inside of this gift. John chapter 3 and verse 16 would not be unfamiliar to most of us. It just states in such beautiful plain language that God's love for mankind, for you, for me, is so great. For God so loved the world. He does love him. He so loved the world that the thought of forever without you was so unimaginable that he does the unthinkable. And he gives his son the greatest gift ever given to the least likely and least worthy group ever. You say, well, I, you just call me less worthy. I don't like you. Just hear me out. If, it, if a good person gives a good gift and gets a good gift, that's a good day. But what if, <laughs> what if the gift is something so extraordinary that human language would forever fail us to describe who Jesus really is? Really the marvel of the Son of God, that God himself took on flesh and dwelt among us, that we beheld his glory. For God so loved the world that he gave his one, his only son, 
the best that he had to give. And you say, well, why, why do you have to do that? Why didn't he give an angel? Why didn't he destroy a planet? Why didn't he just erase us and start over again? Why? I don't know, but I, I know this. There will never be anybody that can point a finger at God and say, well, you didn't pay enough. Because there's literally nothing else God could have given. There was no higher gift. There was no higher price that could have been paid. No one's going to be able to say to God, the accuser, the brethren, the devil himself, can't look at God and say, well, you had something better to give. He gave the very best that he could. And who did he give it to? He gave it to a race of people. And can we be honest? There's good people-ish, right? How many guys like, watch the news and realize not all of us are as good as, well, you and I are because we're utterly moral. Except for the sin of pride, we're doing fairly well and self-deception and all those things. The Bible says this, he wasn't waiting for us to get good before he gave great. It says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So you see, you see the disparity. We see the greatest gift ever given to people unworthy of receiving anything, and, and what he deserves, we get, and what we deserve, he gets. It's the greatest exchange that will ever take place anywhere at any time for anyone, and it was you. And it was me, and it was us, and it was Jesus. God didn't send his son in the world to condemn the world. He didn't come to give us ten more commandments because we were not obeying the last ten properly. He came to rescue us. He came to set us free. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 talks about this one that was coming. And, and there's a word in there I want to focus on a little bit this morning. It says, for to us, this prophetic scripture about a Savior that would come one day that we realize is fulfilled a couple thousand years ago in Jesus. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government, the responsibility, the authority will, will be on his shoulders. He's going to carry it like weight. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. How many of you guys could use some Wonderful Counsel? Right? I need some direction. Mighty God. How many of you guys need your God to be more mighty than just kind of nice? Right? And this last one, Everlasting Father. And then the last one, the Prince of Peace. We're going to focus on the word peace today because... I think it means something different than what we understand it to mean. When I talk about peace, it's almost like saying, he's trying to describe the word shalom. And the word shalom has many facets to it. It's kind of like having a, a giant diamond that weighs, you know, eight ounces or a million carats, whatever that would be, and saying, listen, you know, describe it. He goes, well, it's sparkly. Well, how many of us know it's more than sparkly? It's unbelievably hard. It's, it's unfathomably complex. It's geometrically perfect. It's... It's formed and unbelievable. It's deep. It's wide. It's amazing. So to say he's going to be the prince of peace, how many of you guys know he's presiding over something that now is a gift to us through him, and very few of us would, would really appreciate the depth of what that word peace means. It means this. It means wholeness, tranquility, prosperity. It means safety and soundness, peace, quiet. I mean quiet, like after the grandkids are gone quiet. How many know that quiet? It's amazing. Right? And, and it talks about a completeness of body, soul, and spirit in relationship with God and man. Jesus presides the government of Jesus shall be on his shoulders. He is in authority. The, the kingdom of God or the domain of the king is his to give. It's his right to rule and to reign. And as Jesus imparts to his people that he believes in as we believe in him, this beautiful thing called shalom or peace it's a gift to be received from heaven's royalty to those who would trust. I, I, I want to say this in such a profound way, but all I have is simple words, so if you'll bear with me. There is a peace that I don't understand. 
And what's funny is my lack of understanding why I have peace creates an argument within me against the peace that God's giving me. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm at peace. Something must be wrong. I shouldn't feel peace about this circumstance. I shouldn't feel peace, peace about this relationship. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have a sense of well-being. It's going to be okay. God's in control. Because the evidence might say that everything's not okay. And what ifs begin to be filled in with my greatest fears and insecurities and nightmares. And you know what I mean? So when I have this peace, how many guys know that sometimes there's a peace that passes understanding because God's got it and you don't need to understand it? That's shalom. And I think one of the greatest things that I would, I would just want for you is your friend. Like, I, I love you because it's commanded, but I like you because I like you. I want you to have everything that God has for you this Christmas. In the box, in the cup of communion, in the blood of Jesus, in the prophetic fulfillment of who he is and what he's going to do is peace. Everybody take a good deep breath right now. Take it in. And just exhale and say the word peace. Isn't that funny how your body can actually react to that one word? Everybody say, take a deep breath and exhale, you know, Black Friday. Everybody tense up. Cheeks would pucker. BPs would go up. You'd reach for your wallet to protect it. You know what I mean? You go for your purse to open it. You know what I mean? Sorry, that was very sexist of me. I look, I, I offended her. Now she's leaving and she's taking her child. I'm sorry, ma'am. I <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but man, there's a, there's this impartation. I didn't have it a minute ago. I do have it now. And I didn't pay anything for it. It's just peace. It's just peace. There's another prophecy in Isaiah chapter 53 that talked about what would be in the gift of the sacrifice of God's son. What would be in his blood? What, what would what his sacrifice do? What would it pay for? What would it move? What would, it, what would be in it? What would be imparted to us because of that? And it says that he was wounded for our transgressions. The, the nails that pierced the hands, the feet, the spear that pierced his side, the thorns that pierced his head, blood flowed outwardly. And this prophetic scripture, this is, you know, hundreds of years before this takes place, said very plainly, as if, as if the God who is both the Alpha and the Omega told someone to write it. This is what it'll be like. He'll be pierced and blood will flow outwardly for transgressions. Well, transgression, by definition, is I knew what I should do and didn't. I knew what I shouldn't do and I did. Some, King James, I think, calls it a trespass. Trespasses when they're a sign that says don't go here, and you go past the sign because you shot the deer and you don't want the deer to be wasted. So you go on the, the neighbor's property, although it's clearly posted, you cannot be on my property. It's a trespass. So blood in the Messiah's veins would be pierced and would flow outward for our outward acts of disobedience, rebellion, apathy. And, and please hear me. If you're here today and you don't know God, you know about him, you know the box, you know the shape, you were taught about the box, there's a bow, there's your name on it. But if you don't know what's inside of it, if you have not had your sins, your entire past wiped out as if you were born again, a new creation in Christ Jesus, I want you to know before we take communion this morning, in the blood, in the cup, there's mercy. Not, not just the thought of mercy, the fulfillment of prophetic mercy. As we celebrate communion, we're, we're saying thank you for what you've done for me. I receive that. I walk in it. Not only was he, he wounded for my transgressions, he was also bruised for my iniquity. He was punched, the Bible says. He carried a cross. He fell under the weight of it. This is bursting blood on the inside. Vessels are bursting, the capillaries and veins, and he's bleeding on the inside because of the beating. And it talks about how, again, him taking our place of punishment and us receiving his place of, 
of mercy and glory that he takes a beating that was meant for me and meant for you and, and those blood vessels explode inside and he bleeds inwardly for something called iniquity. Just as blood is shed outwardly for my outward acts of disobedience, blood flows inwardly in the body of Jesus for my inward tendency to continue to be stupid. You know what that means? You can be free. And it doesn't matter what holds you in bondage and how long it's been there and how many generations. It's been normal. You can be free. There is blood shed for the forgiveness of my sins, and there's blood shed to break the cycle of sin in my life. You say, but what, what happens if I tried to break that cycle and it didn't happen the first time? Then I'm grateful that blood was shed outwardly for my continual acts of disobedience. But I have to remind myself constantly, he didn't just set me free as a forgiven sinner. He set me free as an adopted son to act like my father. And as I discovered the preeminence and, and the beauty and the superior pleasures of Christ, I will one by one begin to abandon the inferior pleasures of the flesh. Somebody say amen. It's time. There's time because of mercy. There's time because of deliverance for us to grow and to be in the image of Jesus. It's in the cup. So if you've kind of given up and settled, well, I guess I'll just always have a temper. I guess I'll always look at porn. Well, I guess I'll always just have a cheating heart. I guess I'll just always, you know, be subject to my addictions physically, emotionally, spiritually. I'm here to tell you something. The blood of Jesus opposes everything that opposes you. And the power that's in the blood is such that he had beaten everything that's ever defeated you. And now he gives you the blood of Jesus so that you can defeat everything with the same power he defeated it. It's in you. It's in the cup. It's in you. This, this third one, the chastisement, the punishment that brought us peace. Everybody say peace. It's paid for. What do I have to do to get peace? Well, be mindful. Breathe deeply. Watch your diaphragm go up and down. Pose like a dog. I, you say, that's anti-yoga. Listen, I'm anti-everything that doesn't bow to Jesus. I'm sorry. I, well, you're against Yoda? No, I like Yoda. But I, I, he's an imaginary thing. So especially the baby Yoda. Is that cute or what? He's going to heaven. I'm quite sure of it. He's going to discover it later on in life. I'm just kidding. I haven't even seen it. But I've seen all the memes, so it's hilarious. Guys, I, peace doesn't come from breathing deep. Yes, I can relax my body. But I can't find rest until I find the one who doesn't move every time the wind changes direction. One of the great things about this world that shakes constantly is every time it does, I realize there's something in Jesus that's not shaking no matter what. But the president was impeached. But the Senate. But the economy. But 2020. But Nostradamus. But the last pope. But the, oh, shut up. Jesus. I, I'd rather stand on something that's not moving than get rocked back. You can get seasick just watching TV for 10 minutes. Jesus isn't moving. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Prince of Shalom. You thought I was going to say shut up, didn't you? Because you're Gentiles. Shalom. <laughs> and by his stripes, by his wounds, we're healed. Remember, the healing is of the body, of the soul, and of the spirit. Say, Pastor Jim, that one's a little bit hard for me because I've prayed for healing and it hasn't happened. And I've wanted to be free. And sometimes, and so I, what's really in this cup? Let me just say this to you. My imperfections at applying the blood does not negate the perfection of the blood. My doubts and fears do not change his steadfast faith in me. I don't know why some of my prayers aren't answered. I think sometimes says, you know, yes. Sometimes God says no. And sometimes God says grow. I like number one. Number two is frustrating to me because 
I haven't had much luck talking God into seeing it my way. And grow, that's the one that seems to be hardest of all because I can't change him. It actually requires me to change how I see him, how I know him, how I trust him. Are you still here? So this, this thing about healing, this is all I know. And this is all I'm going to say. I fight for what I believe is mine. Jesus said this is mine, so I'm going to fight for it. And I, I welcome you. Fight for the mercy that is in the blood. Fight for the, the deliverance that's in the bruise. Fight for the peace that's in his punishment that he purchased for us and now gives to us as a gift. Fight for the healing that has promised us through the stripes laid on Jesus' back. And you can say all day long, what if it doesn't happen? But I'm just going to say back, but what if it does? Because a friend of mine had her foot healed last Thursday night taking communion. Because people got set free last Thursday night receiving communion. And, and I just want to say this to you. This shalom, it just comes from our sins being forgiven, our sin nature being paid for, and our peace being purchased, and our wholeness being promised. That's what's in the cup. So I'm going to invite some people forward to serve us communion this morning. And in just a moment, I, we didn't really talk about this, but I assume what's going to happen is you're going to come down and get it. You nodded your head. I can see you now. That's really cool. Yeah. I can even see the confused look on your face like, don't look at me. That's not my job. Okay, good. I, yes, give me permission. Good. Confirming he's that good voice. And the way that you're going to get down to receive the communion and go back is every man for himself. There, there, there might be a chart that's up there. I don't know. If there is, follow it. If not, how many can walk by faith and not by sight? But this is what we're going to do. You're going to receive the elements of communion. You're going to go back to your seats. And would you please just wait for a second? We're going to begin to just, just kind of meditate on, a, on a, oh, a beautiful song of you are my champion. I am who you say I am. You crown me with righteousness. I'm seated in the heavenly place, undefeated with the one who's conquered it all. And I believe that today, regardless of what your history is, we're not singing about your history. We're singing about your destiny. We're not, we're not confirming past failure. We're declaring prophetic victory. We're standing on a word that God has given us. He was wounded for your transgressions. Did you believe that? He really was bruised for your iniquities. He really was chastised so you can walk in shalom and peace. And you really are healed by his stripes. Now, how does that happen? How does that work? I'm just going to fight for it today. I'm going to trust that God knows what he's doing. And I, I got to say this, that so often... What I believe God for, he does. It's almost the rare exception that what I believe God for, he doesn't do. And he tells me to grow. I don't like those times any more than you do. But I'm not going to let the one odd time declare my doctrine and my faith in God. Because if you're not careful, you'll have a faith in God that expects nothing because you don't want to be disappointed. And you'll receive communion like it's some sort of semi-holy tradition instead of a declaration of what is in the cup. Would you stand to your feet, please, all over this room? Pastor Kyle's going to begin to lead us. And um, however you can get up here and back is good. And you should do that whenever you are ready. You don't have to be a member of the church. You just, you should be right with God. Don't do this carelessly. Um, this is a big deal. Don't treat sacred things as if they're common. It's, it's a very, biblically, we're warned over and over again, sacred things are sacred, common things are common. This is a sacred thing. So if you're not right with God and you're not going to get right with God, just, just pass. Just sit back down. No one's going to judge you. This place isn't here to judge people. It's, it's here to redeem people from judgment. Somebody say amen. That's a good bumper sticker. Someone make that one for me. So whenever you're ready, come on forward. These people are going to serve you communion. Go back to your seat. Don't partake of it quite yet. Pastor Kyle's going to lead us just a little bit as we...
rest to what's going to heal you. Because you are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you've won. I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence. I'm seated in the heavenly place undefeated with the one who has conquered it all. Because you are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you've won. And I am who you say I am. And you crown me with confidence. I am seated in the heavenly place undefeated with the one who has conquered it all. And I've tried so hard to see it. It took me so long to believe it. That you choose someone like me to carry
something that had been said for oh, over a thousand years. That Blessed are you, O Lord our God, the giver of bread. And what's supposed to happen in the Seder dinner, the Passover meal that they were celebrating, is he's supposed to take the bread then and tear off some and, and just without any other words, blessed are you, Lord our God, the giver of bread. And he would hand out the bread as the presiding rabbi or authority, a father, a mother, a matriarch, or patriarch. They, whoever the, the one was kind of had the greatest clout but then celebrate it that way. And, uh, but instead, after thousands of years or hundreds of years of doing this the same way, as he hands it to the first guy on the right, he says this word. He goes, this is my body broken for you. I don't know if you can imagine what that scene must have been like. Everybody knew the script. They had presided over the Seder meal in their own home multiple times, I assume. Peter was married. We know he has a mother-in-law. I mean, the, the, this has been the role. They, they, they kind of give it to Jesus, and they're waiting for Jesus to say what he's supposed to say. And instead, he breaks with tradition to let them know that all the stuff that foreshadowed all the lambs, all the sacrificial blood in the temple, all the unleavened bread from the exodus to this moment has been something that's been a shadow. I have been the substance that has been casting the shadow. This is my body, broken for you, that you would be forgiven, that you would be healed, that you would have peace, that you would be free, that you would know the love of God who took on flesh and dwelt among us. This is my body, that you would not put it in your back pocket and pull it out when you need it, put it on your keychain like a rabbit's foot to, for good luck. You would put it on your hat so it kind of overwhelmed you and under, you're overshadowed by it. I don't want to be on you or around you. I want to be in you. If we were to follow the molecules of carbohydrate in this unleavened bread as it goes through your body, it's going to be reduced to such a, an unbelievably small level, scattered in some ways to every cell in your body on a molecular level. Jesus is telling us something. I don't want to be around you. I don't want to be on you. I don't want you to pull me out of your pocket when you need me. I want to be you. I, I want us to be so close that where I end and you begin would be hard for anybody to discern. 
Paul actually came to a place in his walk with Christ. He said, it's, it's no longer I that live. It used to be me. It's just not me anymore. It's Christ that lives in me. That's the hope of glory that I carry inside of my body. Father, we, we thank you for the bread. Jesus, we thank you for the taking on flesh and dwelling among us, feeling what it's like to be tempted, to be hungry, to be tired, to be despised, to be rejected. Beating in the flesh everything that beat our flesh, defeating it all, and then trading us places is the greatest gift ever given to the least likely group that will ever receive it. We hold in our hands so much more than a little piece of bread. We hold in our hands a promise. We hold in our hands a prophecy. We hold in our hands a word from God saying, I'll set you free. I'll forgive your sins. I'll heal your body. We, we hold in our hands something physical that will become a part of us. The moment we ingest it, it begins a journey around every cell in our body. Jesus, we pray, may you invade every cell in our body today and set us free. Let us know the power of your mercy, your deliverance. Let us know the power of your life, your death, your resurrection. Let us know. What this little wafer is about to know of us, we want you to know of us. And we want to be known. We don't hide because of your mercy. We don't make excuses because of your bruises. We don't accept being robbed of our peace and living in ongoing worry and anxiety and resentment and unforgiveness because we have something that's been shed for us that is greater than the power of those sins. We accept. We declare. We fight for every promise that's in this bread because it is ours. Because you declare it to be ours and we receive it with open and grateful hearts today. Shall we partake of this bread and everything that's in it right now? In the same way after supper, he said, this cup is my blood. And it's shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, the washing away, no longer whitewashed, covered over by the blood of animals and sacrifice, but washed white by the substitutionary death of the Son of God for the sons of men. This blood establishes a new contract, a new paradigm, a new agreement between heaven and earth. It's no longer about the obedience to the commandments that you can't obey. It's about trusting the one that's good enough to be good for himself and for you without losing a bit of holiness, without him being besmirched in any way his holiness can cover his blood can cleanse. His love can fill. His spirit can empower. Will you receive this cup? And those men looked at Jesus with words they'd never heard before. And each one of them drank. I love that Jesus says, drink all of it. Don't just sip mercy off the top and forget about deliverance. Don't just sip mercy and deliverance off the top and forget about peace. Don't just sip mercy, deliverance, and peace off the top and forget about what's at the bottom of that cup and the physical healing of, of physical bodies. Drink by faith all of it. Forgiveness, peace, deliverance, and healing. Jesus, we hold our cups up to you. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the power in the blood of Jesus. We apply it to the doorposts of our hearts. That all destruction would pass over. We apply it, God, to the places that are dark and unbelieving. That it would bring light and illumination and trust, God. 
where we've been slipping, we pray this will grab our foot and hold us steady. Where we've been doubting, this will replace the doubts, not with positive mental imagery, but with the truth of the living God's promises living inside of our spirit. Our mouths will speak the truth and declare the glory of God. We thank you for the blood that you shed, that we would be free, that we would walk in shalom. So we partake of the cup together. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. Now open up your mouth. When I open up my mouth, I just say, open up your mouth. Open up your mouth and declare the goodness of God. Open up your heart. And just let it pour out. Don't let faith be diminished. Let faith be increased. Don't draw farther away like the service is almost done. Press in and find Jesus a living and breathing and loving and powerful Savior that he is. Press in. Jesus has It's time to trust. It is. It's time to believe. Jesus has given you authority. The Prince of Peace and the government is on his shoulders.
Father, I pray that your victory today would be your victory tomorrow and the day after and the day after. I pray that a new level, God, would be reached and, and held, that normal in our faith would be redefined, God. I pray for um, the future of this church, of these families, of these men, these women, these kids, God, that gather here. The expectation of heaven is one of the great precursors to his kingdom coming and his will being done. And God, I, I pray for just the multiplication of the expectation of heaven, the expectation of your goodness and your greatness, the expectation of your mercy and your kindness, the, the assumption of the miraculous, the assumption, the, the normalcy, the naturalness of the supernatural, God. I pray that you would bless this church. I guess this is our last, uh, last night, no, I guess we have one more. One more service this year, God. I, I just pray, let 2020, like I'm getting my vision back, uh, my physical vision. I, I pray, God, let, let your church see so sharply, so crispy. I know it's, I know it's almost a cliche, a cliche, but 2020 vision, you know? Give us 2020 vision, God, of what you're doing and how we get to do, play any role uh, in this. It's just, it's just incredible. Keep and set us free. Set and keep us free. Keep us mindful, God, of cost you paid and the power that's in the gift. And we love you. We've said Merry Christmas to the people at Walmart, uh, the waitress, the gas station attendant. Pretty sure, Jesus, you weren't born on the 25th, but nonetheless, happy birthday. Like, uh, we celebrate you. We celebrate you. We love you. Let every day be Christmas in our hearts, we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. If you need prayer this morning, we have people that just have a, a wonderful, natural, supernatural to them. And they're going to come forward if you need prayer. They're going to stand here. You just walk up to them and say, this is what I got going on. Would you pray for me about this? And they'd be happy to. If you're our guest, we haven't had a chance to meet. Love to have that little reception for you in the back room. Um, how many guys are glad you came to church today? I'm glad you came to church too. If we don't get to see you between now and then, Merry Christmas to all. And to all, go get your kids. Amen. You're dismissed. Live long and prosper.